0: To Nerds of the round table a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie.
1: And I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. Jamie, we've got some things we've got to take care of. We do have some housekeeping. Yeah, a little bit of housekeeping today. <clears throat> Sammy. Yes. You have been such an asset. Thank you. To the show, to the Facebook group, as a connector of folks the the board of directors has seen this to recognizing your contribution. Now they they've run the background check and there's that one thing that we gotta talk about later. Okay. Okay, they run the credit check. And, oh. you know, we, we, we saw the ruling of bankruptcy on the chicken <laughs> nugget mine. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot mine nuggets. You can mine nougat. It goes in candy bars, but you cannot okay. mine nugget. But I seen the bankruptcy there. Jamie, you got the cut from I've to, got a cut. You got the cut from <laughs> pee in. Yeah. Okay so once we get that taken care of Jamie we would like to invite you and welcome you on board as an official co-host of this show you have uh, really been a, a a blessing and an asset to us uh, you know learning how to do this yeah. really and uh, you know and myself like to extend a, a a great deal of thanks to you
0: and you can say no
1: but we'll cut it out of the show
0: <laughs> uh, uh, no but seriously i mean you've been so good to us and you've been our best co-host ever i mean our best guest host we've ever had
2: well awesome <laughs> the only
0: one yes but yes. no i mean but i mean you've been such a great um co-host when you've been on and um we love the dynamic you bring to the show awesome. and Thank we you just want to make it official and permanent and if you if you want to be on if you want to if you want to join us as our third stooge we'd love to have you
2: Certainly. Quick 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 quick. Uh definitely guys, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I would I would love to. I look forward to to you know the guesting that I've been doing. So well, this will be are great. A,
0: as of now, officially no longer a guest host.
2: Awesome. You're one of us. Yes.
1: So, Gubba <laughs> One of us.
0: Um, eventually, we'll let you on to the uh, administrative accounts. On stuff, oh, okay. We'll see how I, it works I, under, out. I understand. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see if, if
1: that uh, that cup comes back clean. Is, okay. is his, his access granted to the archives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't want to go going all Vader on us here. Uh, no, we are here today to review the movie Tombstone. This has been a discussion previously. Uh, uh, A reader, uh, listener recommendation. This is our
0: first listener request.
1: Yes, so uh, we uh, have uh, been looking forward to this with much anticipation, and uh, you know, uh, went out and bought a copy of this because I've wanted to own it for a long time. Jamie, I have realized viewing this movie. I've never seen this movie all the way through. I've right. seen enough, now now that's the crazy thing I've seen enough of this movie in bits and pieces here and there to have a full image of it in my hand, to have a full memory of it, but when I truly sat down and watched it through for the first time, I thought I've never seen all of this and I was blown away that that was a, a fact, but uh, this movie did not disappoint it was uh, every bit as epic as I remember, apparently a sundry Get some pieces I had seen, <laughs> uh, you know, together.
0: Uh, well, I can see that would happen though, because you know, I think TBS had this for a while, and yeah. it was on
1: constantly. The, yeah, they, yeah, they played and it that's a lot. Probably where it was, yeah. you know. So. You know
2: and, and it's also a situation with this movie. You know, I think that you know genres of movies tend to be cyclical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a lot of certain genres. And, you know, in this period of time, you've got to think we had th- everything from Young Guns 2 to The Unforgiven, mm-hmm. Dances with Wolves, yes. Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. You know, so this. You know, this was in a time period where we saw lots of kind yeah. of the classic American Western coming yeah. back again.
1: And this was not the only movie taking place in Tombstone at the OK Corral, like you mentioned, you know, wider. But, yes. you know, of course, uh, there's some older movies, you know, shoot at the OK Corral, uh, various ones. Well, but, know, I, but
0: I had forgotten about that, that mini boom. I had forgotten about all of those.
1: Well, you know, it was something I wanted to look at. And, you know, even
2: there is a classic Star Trek episode. Good God. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I had to do this. Uh, hey,
0: season hey, Duane, three. hey Duane, We may have to edit something <laughs> we,
1: out. Yeah, I, 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 have to decision here. I think they're reconsidering here. Folks. Let me let me uh, time stamp this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there is a, a classic Star Trek episode, Specter of the Gun from Season 3, yeah. where the Enterprise crew is the, you know, they're the cowboys, mm. and they've got to C- battle wider there's even a classic episode of doctor who a british science fiction show where the first doctor drops in the okay corral called the gunfighters oh wow so this is a story that that permeates at all kinds of different levels so it's not just you know the story from this movie but it touches a lot of different areas
1: okay well the star trek stuff withstanding i mean you just brought a great deal of information <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> no it in all in all seriousness yeah uh I had forgotten about the cyclicalness of, you know, how things come around. You know, we're getting all the dinosaur stuff coming back up again with the Jurassic yeah. Parks. Uh, you know, we've, we've been through that before, you know. So, yeah, we had uh, we had seen this before, and this was in a time when there was a lot of that. You know, Dances with Wolves, wider up. you know, Kevin Costner was everywhere.
0: Yeah, I had forgotten about all those coming out in that short time frame.
2: Yeah, within about five or six years, and if you think about, you know, the Unforgiven Clint Eastwood, I mean, that was up for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. you're, you're looking at a lot of studios wanting to kind of jump onto that and fill in with, with what, um, you know, Clint Eastwood had done in The Unforgiven. So, yeah.
1: I'll tell you one thing I realized watching this movie is that my mustache game is sort of. <laughs> i need i need some wax i, yeah, do. Yeah, I need I'm, some mustache I'm, wax. i need some <laughs> <laughs> i thought about buying one to, to wear <laughs> to the taping we should have said <laughs> that would have been that would have been made it so much greater <laughs> but you know we could probably sit here and gush uh, about how much fun we've had at this movie and and all of the great memories that it brings back but I'd like to start off by getting into some grades and maybe maybe just kind of going around our round table here now that it's starting to fill out a little bit more. And so, uh, Sammy, being the newest addition here, uh, being our Galahad at the table, uh, would you like to start off with your opening thoughts and grade? Sure, sounds great. Uh, you know... I have never
2: been a huge westerns fan, mm-hmm. you know. I've I've watched plenty of them, but you know, that's never a genre that I'm immediately drawn to. Um, but watching this movie, you know, two times in two days essentially, <laughs> uh, just to really get a good feel for it, you know, this to me is an A plus movie. It really is, and I think everything from the cast to the cinematography is just. It's just fabulous. I mean, it's just completely and totally drew me in. Uh, And when you look at that cast, and I know you all can mention this also, I mean, right off the bat, you've got, what, Ego, Batman, (laughs) uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, and Hudson from Aliens, you know, all in one movie (laughs) as your lead. So, I mean, uh, Pax and Russell, Kilmer, and Aliens. You know, and then the cast is mind blowing. And then think about Michael Bean, Charlton Heston, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Powers Zane. Booth. Yeah, Powers Booth, Michael Rooker,
1: you know, long before, you know, we knew him on The Walking Dead. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, love me some Michael Rooker. Yeah, Thomas Hayden Church, Stephen Lane. John Corbett, Terry O'Brien, you know. Yeah, I mean you could go for days yeah. just looking at this cast list. It's I mean or Terry they sorry. really um, is probably one of the strongest, you know. Points of this movie, I mean, they really threw the cash.
0: And and there's people just walking by on the street. You know, hey, I know that person from something. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody. Exactly. I mean, it's well, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
1: I was thinking that with the, with Fred the Marshal. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen him in stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, the guy at the poker table. I've seen him in stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're all recognizable. Do you well, may double check because the on. the Marshal is Harry
2: Carey Jr.
0: Um, it was supposed to be Robert Mitchum, the guy who did the, the, did the narration. Yeah. Yes. He was supposed to be the sheriff. He got sick right before filming mm-hmm. and that Harry Carey junior guy was, was playing a different, like smaller role. Right. And they just paid him the sheriff. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but I want to, I'll jump in with my grade. Um, I think this is one of the most quotable movies ever made. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's one of my biggest thoughts.
1: Well, I think that is where my memory comes. Yeah. So strong with it. You know, uh, it's like everybody knows empire strikes back. Yeah. I'm your father. You know, it's this movie. You know, it's so quotable. But you're James, a
0: Daisy if you do. Yeah. I'm your Huckleberry. I mean, there's so <laughs> exactly. many quotes
1: everywhere. Yeah.
0: I it, but it's not just the quotes. I mean, there's t- and so many intriguing characters, and there's so many just tense moments in this movie. I think it's an A plus movie too. I mean, and I like, like Sammy said, I'm a Sammy. I'm a, I'm a sci-fi guy, superhero guy. I mean, westerns. I mean, I've read some westerns. I've mm-hmm. watched plenty. It's not my go-to, but right. I love this movie. It's just a great movie. Definitely. A-plus.
1: Yeah. Well, and while I'm going along with you guys. I'm, I'm going A-plus as well. You know, this movie was a ton of fun. We've gushed about the casting being so great. The style, the set designs. I mean, you really feel like you're in this dust bowl of a town with just a few, you know, buildings getting started up. I mean, it really feels like everything is just, you know, slapped together with... You know, duct tape in a prayer. Yeah. Of, It'll be as cosmopolitan
0: here. as San Francisco in no time. That's
1: right. <laughs> right. But, I mean, but it's <laughs> utterly savage. Yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, the, I, th- I think the design, it, they've done a really, really great job yeah. on the design. That's our first all the way around. Even all the way
0: around. And we, this is the first time with three hosts also. First time we've ever had all A pluses. Yeah.
2: I guess, and, I guess it just qualifies, you know, how just great this movie is. Yeah.
1: Well, I know with Jamie, you, know, you put Kurt Russell in anything.
2: i mean, Jamie.
1: <laughs> you know, and and I, I, I'm, gonna tell you, I'm a Val Kilmer fan. He really has devoted to roles. I know he's a fruit loop. I know he's just kind of out there and crazy. But I really enjoy his acting in uh, most everything I've seen him in.
0: Yeah. I just didn't buy him as an American uh, Indian in
1: uh, Thunderheart thunderheart I've not seen that one, so <laughs> maybe maybe there's some he, he
0: was fine in the movie he just shouldn't have been cast in that role
1: you know and you have At the
0: rabbit trail uh, we don't need to
2: go down right
1: you know and you have bill, <laughs> bill paxton yeah i mean how yeah. how much greater of an actor can you get yeah. the cast is great Yeah, sam elliott the real deal american cowboy yeah. Yeah. you know just the tough guy yeah i mean you even have you even have moses <laughs> in here you've even yeah you even have Moses here charlton heston himself you know has, has a very small appearance but he's there yeah. yeah yeah so okay well i'll tell you what i'm really excited to get into and start unpacking some of this movie so jamie would you like to take the first portion of our synopsis here or would you guys like to discuss anything else i would love to okay let's go for it all right you're a daisy if you do
0: <laughs> i'm your uncle Bear. Part one, in 1879, members of the outlaw gang known as the Cowboys, led by Curly Bill Brocious, ride into a Mexican town and interrupt a local police officer's wedding. They then proceed to massacre the assembled policemen in retribution for killing two of their fellow gang members. Shortly before being shot, a local priest warns them that their acts of murder and savagery will be avenged, referencing the biblical fourth horseman. Wider, a retired police officer with a notable reputation, reunites with his brothers Virgil and Morgan in Tucson, Arizona where they venture on toward Tombstone to settle down. There they encounter Wyatt's longtime friend, Doc Holliday, who is seeking relief from his worsening tuberculosis. Josephine Marcus and Mr. Fabian are also newly arrived with a traveling theater troupe. Meanwhile, Wyatt's common-law wife, Maddie Blaylock, is becoming dependent on Laudanum. Wyatt and his brothers begin to profit from a stake in the gambling emporium and saloon when they have their first encounter with the cowboys. The cowboys are identifiable by the red sashes worn around their waists. I don't know if that was historical or not, but that was a brilliant thing for the movie to put those guys in those red sashes.
1: Yeah, it made them very identifiable. Yeah. yeah you, you really knew who you were dealing with. I mean, with. from the from the opening scene. I well,
0: mean, they all show up in those red sashes and they're all being intimidating and threatening. I mean, you know right
2: off the bat. Well, you know, and, and it goes against kind of um, kind of the trope. You know, in a lot of classic Westerns, it's the guys in the black hats and the guys in the white hats. Yeah, yeah. You know, this gave something identifiable. It, it was a piece of color that was Easily be able to to identify as okay. These are are the you know the villains or the you know antagonists at least.
1: Yeah. Now was it just me or did you guys notice as well? Like it seemed the higher rank people in the Cowboys had the blue shirts with the red sashes, hmm. um, and I think uh, Curly Bill had a red shirt, if hmm. I'm not mistaken.
0: I don't have to go back and look at that again. I wasn't yeah. looking for that. Yeah,
1: I didn't, because really... because you know I... I know Thomas Hayden
2: Church had yeah. the blue shirt that was very identifiable. I had a blue shirt that was c- c- a, shirt that a little bit
1: more washed out. So did Johnny Ringo. Hmm. And, and I and I believe I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up an image here while okay. while you guys maybe discussable.
0: But that that opening scene, man. That I don't know if it's just me as you know a husband and father, but that I mean that opening
1: scene's Harold, yeah, the herald. wedding was rough. Yeah, really.
0: I mean when they when they. I don't know. It's just some there's something that was just gut wrenching about this poor woman being drugged off to be gang raped on her wedding day. I mean, that just to me, I was just like, Oh "Yep, you just established who the bad guys are in this movie, no. without a doubt."
2: We know even before that, you know, we mentioned about the opening narration. You know, we said oh, yeah. that you know Sam Elliott is, is your when you're your quintessential cowboy. You know, as far as Western, uh, Robert Mitchum was your narrator, and Mitchum was in countless. Uh, You know, westerns from the 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, You know, and there was something I found really interesting in um, in that narration. Okay, you know, it says following the Civil War. Okay, we know this is 1879. Well, Civil War ended in 1864. (laughs) All right. So then you've got Reconstruction that ends in 1877. So, yeah, it's following the Civil War, but it's, you know, 15 years yeah. later. So yeah. I did find that Some interesting. So was last week. I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess you're just establishing a time frame there. You know, this is still the just wild west. Just historically. Work, yeah. Correct. This is still the wild You know, rest. and it
2: talked about the uh, the stats as far as there were more homicides, you know, in this period of time than in, you know, at that point, modern day Los Angeles and things like that. And I looked up a stat actually on this in Dodge city, you had a one out of 61 chance of being shot at any time. <laughs> well, and, well, and this is according to a magazine called crime histories and societies. This is 2017. So it's fairly recent. Uh, but, yeah, a 1 in 61 chance of being shot in Dodge City. So, you know, and that's where Wyatt's coming from. So yeah. that gives you an idea about him as a
1: character. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I did find an image, and Curly Bill does have the red shirt okay. with blue, and you have the other guys kind of higher up in the blue shirt. So I, I, hmm. I kind of picked up on that as a as a kind of a ranking in, in, their, in their structure there. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, I thought that was very interesting as well. Now, yeah, I thought it was a pretty uh, interesting, too, that – you know, Kurt Russell, you know, is so famous, uh, is, is White Earp, you know. White Earp is so famous, even when this movie begins for what he done in Dodge City. Right. For the, for the whole thing. He comes in, you know, his his legend goes before him. Mm-hmm. And when people find out who he is, you know, they immediately give a sense of reverence.
2: Yeah. And
1: things. And you find out later in the movie, you know, he'd only killed one guy. Right but all of these you know bad guys you know they're just they're just murdering left and right and he really talks about you know how much it weighed on him yeah. you know and and you really see through his and and I just love their attitude you can tell these guys are out of give a craps <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I mean uh, that I, I, I think about the train scene right yeah. I think that's actually a really good scene. It establishes so much it character stuff so there. Much, yeah. Because he sees that guy whipping that horse and mm-hmm. he just the injustice of it. He yeah. can't handle it. Runs over and he hits the guy with the with the whip.
1: Don't feel good, does
0: it? Yeah. So like so he's outraged by the injustice. But when it's time for it ask him to be a law you know, to be a lawman again, he's like, No, I'm he's retired.
1: Done.
0: I'm like, So there's a weird thing I'm like, Yeah, this is a guy who's still in his core. Yeah, you know, it's outraged by injustice, but he's trying to back away he's from it. To, I th- there's a lot going on. I just thought that was is, a really it, good scene.
2: There's a lot of ironic moments in here yeah. that that I think you can can look at and kind of compare. You know, um, you know, even down really think about even with calling the the gang the cowboys. You know, that's a very generic term. Mm-hmm. Today, when we talk about cowboys, I mean it yeah. could be anybody. You know, so I, I found that really interesting. Or even Johnny Ringo. I think it is is such an interesting character, yeah. Just because, I mean, right there from the, the scene at the church, yeah. You know, we see that he is a very educated person. You know, he can quote the Bible. Uh, he knows Spanish, we know right off. But then he has no
1: reverence for the padre. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah so just callously shoots him out of hand. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if we're if we're there yet, but uh, you know, when the when the theatrical troupe comes into town. One of the uh, one of the scenes that they put on is uh, Faust selling his soul yes. to the devil, and I love, really uh, yes, Curly routine. Bill Curly Bill looks at, at Johnny Ringo and he says, he says, well, "What would you do in that situation?" He's already done it, <laughs> and and Michael Bean, my God, is just so. Cold. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and how is Booth's cold. reaction to and it? Both life. those
0: two actors, I mean, it's it's yeah. great.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, this movie is powerfully acted Yeah, throughout. But, you know, that is one thing uh, that I will speak to the, the the traveling theater troupe. I know she is the love interest. I know she is the beautiful thing in the movie. She's a very attractive lady, Dana Delaney. She to me was making a different movie than everybody else. Hmm. Everybody else was making a gritty western, and I think Sam said it best in our in our little pre-show discussion here. You know, she was trying to be Jessica Rabbit <laughs> or, or, or just something else. And but it was her because Wyatt Earp had brought you know his, his lady with him from his past life. This was a separation. This was something different.
0: Well, I, th- I think that was the intention there. It's like she's got a different approach to life that right. White needed, yeah, and that he, that he was hungry for. Was trying to deny himself.
1: And she was a fully developed person instead of just a pretty little thing here on your arm, you yeah. know, Which, which it seemed like each of their ladies were, right? You know, um, granted, you know, back in these times, women had very little rights. And, uh, you know, say-so, it seemed to be in a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's
0: a scene with the suffragists are marching. Yeah. At their t- their yes.
1: Yeah that, yeah. Was, yeah, that was Yeah, really was.
0: I, but I did think that it was really nice how they set up the opening scenes there. Because we've got the opening at the uh, at the wedding where mm-hmm. the cowboys are being awful. And then we cut to the earth. you know, just rolling. Everything's great. Everything's turned trying, up roses yeah, for they're the They're
1: trying to pose in the windows. Yeah. yeah and
0: the, then you cut back. To Tombstone, and things are bad again. It's like everything is bad around them, and they're trying to like fail above, above it. it. Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. like it sets up this, you know, just this really dynamic. Like, where, you know, where's this all going to come crashing down? How are the hurts going to get sucked into
2: this? You know, and I think the dynamic between the brothers was so interesting, you mm-hmm. know, with Virgil as the older and Morgan as the younger and White's in the middle. You know, it, it's that kind of thing I th- thought was so interesting the way they played off. You know, with and those it's,
0: characters. It's very real. I'm the oldest of three brothers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's how we relate to each other. I mean, okay. that felt like a very realistic... I mean, and a lot of movies get that wrong. Right. That feels like how three brothers relate to each other. I agree with you. Yeah it,
1: yeah, it felt very natural. It felt very organic. And they felt like they had a real rapport with each other.
0: Yeah, and they gave each other a hard time, but they really each other really cared about each yeah. other.
1: Yeah, they, they yep. really truly loved each other. You know, But during this first little section of the movie, we are introduced to a phenomenal actor. Who is just a jerk of a goober in this movie? Uh, our beloved Billy Bob Thornton. Oh yes, uh, is is you know raising crap at the at the table, and Wyatt Earp just goes over.
0: I, I love because um, he he starts some um, like sort of
1: intimidating him,
0: and then mm-hmm. he jumps up, and I love because you know White slaps him. And he won't do anything. I love the
2: line there.
1: Oh, I was going to say, that—that that,
2: that's such a great line. <laughs> you going to do something or just
1: stand there and bleed? Yep. <laughs> and there's so many great we lines. We could just quote
0: this maybe for this whole you review. You could. Yeah.
1: There's, yeah. I mean, there's just two phenomenal lines right there point toward Billy Bob Thornton. You know, you're going to do something, you'll stand there and bleed. And then later, when they run into Doc Holliday in the street, and he's coming up with a shotgun and Doc says, "Why, why Herb?" And he's like, "Oh, why Herb?" Because you know he didn't get introduced properly.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, You know
1: that that was not a formal introduction, and so he stops dead. But Doc sees him. He says, "Johnny, what are you doing there?" You know, and and he's talking to him, and he and then he talks to the Herbs, and he says. I forgot you were standing there. i <laughs> so dismissive. I love that. Forgot you. You may leave now. And, and you know what?
2: In all honesty, you know, thinking about Wyatt and Doc, uh-huh. that basically, when you consider it, that's an interpersonal intelligence. You know, that is a skill that to survive at this time, you had to be able to read, read people. people. Yeah. He had to know that Billy Bob's character wasn't going to do anything, that he was scared and he yeah. could read that on him. Mm-hmm. Doc's the same way. He, he has those skills at, at the poker table where we first see, you know, Doc, he can, he can tell right now, oh, this he, guy's not going to be able to do a whole lot. He's completely playing folks. Oh yeah. And, and he uses those quips as a way to kind of disarm and make people kind of drop their guard. Well, I, I love that you went back to that
0: scene when we first see Doc, when he's playing poker and yes. he's obviously been there for hours and he's, he's egging that guy on.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
0: And I love how – it's another one of those, you know, like you're talking about the interpersonal intelligence stuff. Yeah. And he he's – I forget the exact line, the exact wording. He's like, you know, Ed, if I, if I thought we couldn't be friends anymore, I don't think I could bear it. <laughs> I mean, just – And it's just, you know, the that tells you kind of the – you don't learn right off the bat who Doc is. Yeah. He's this guy that, you know, doesn't take things seriously, but – He's absolutely prepared for anything, any situation he can handle, and he's gonna do it with a smile on his face and with a quick flying out of his face. You know, exactly. it's just great.
1: He, yeah, he has a uh, he really developed that character. And, I,
0: and there's a little detail that I think I had forgotten until I rewatched it for this review. When him and Kate gather up the money at the table mm-hmm. and they leave. Doc stops at the roulette table.
2: Oh, it pays he pays out more, yeah, more money. Yes. He's like, I just
0: rob you while I'm at it. that's, yeah. like,
2: that's a real character revealing. He's like gentleman, then he just throws it in the bag. <laughs>
0: yeah. but that tells you who Doc is, right? This is not a moral person. No, you know the rest of the Erps are lawmen. Doc is somebody else. Right. Correct. You know, I just thought that was I I I'd forgotten that little detail. He grabs all that money. You know, it's just. I thought that was interesting.
2: You know, and you were you were talking about right away. You know, we get the idea that the Erps don't really get mixed up in anything. You know, right off the bat. You know, I think as soon as they get off the train, somebody approaches and they all say no. You know, we don't want to get involved. But then mm-hmm. White turns right around, and goes straight into the Oriental, and and has that scene with Billy Bob Thornton, yeah, just take yeah. it over. So so you know, it's that interesting. Kind of juxtaposition between I don't want to get involved to I'm going to get involved. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I just well, he's only going to get involved to the degree that it's going to benefit him. Yeah, he exactly. wants to make money at that point. Right. But I, another. We're jumping around
0: because this movie is just that good. Just that and good. every scene is that good. <laughs> but the when they're, they're taking. You mentioned the scene the where they're taking the picture. Yeah. And they start to walk away. And White mentions Doc. He talks about how much he likes him. And Virgil yeah. says that he hates him. Yeah, yep. I don't. I just, I just thought that that was. You know, yeah. kind of putting people in, you know, and in still sorting them into buckets and like, yeah. you know, who Virgil is and who right. White is. I thought it was pretty character revealing. It's just what two
2: lines. Well, you know, and it's think It's just about masterful it. storytelling. You, you were talking about the relationship between brothers. This yeah. is an older brother who's looking out for his younger brother and doesn't want him to get mixed he in with. And sees that Doc is a bad influence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, that that's part of what it yeah. is. And I think Sam Elliott brings that apart. But just just that one line. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're not wearing a bustle. <laughs> How <loose. laughs> Hallowed.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's Hallowed. just so much. Just yeah. any, anytime Doc's mouth is open, I mean, you could call it a quotable moment. Oh, Absolutely. definitely. Yeah, this is true. But, you know, during this first little section of the movie, too, before we go too much further. We have
0: jumped around so much.
1: Yeah, and that's why i say we've <laughs> jumped around. But there is so much in this movie that you can just pick pieces yeah. here and there. Um, I really want to get into the meeting with Johnny Ringo. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, are we there
1: yet? Is, now, that's, that's still in this first section here, isn't it?
0: Yes. I don't care. Let's get to it. Get I to love it. that scene. Oh,
1: it's yep. phenomenal. So, yeah, Johnny Ringo walks in. They confront Wyatt Earp. Law dog, don't go around here. I'm retired. Ike Clanton. Ike, as, yep. uh, played by Stephen Lang.
0: Who disappears into that role. It,
1: oh, completely. Big time. Unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah, he really absorbed into that character. Um, you know really inhabit him. I um, mean it, it amazes me how much so many people absorb into their roles here. But yeah, so you're having this confrontation. And then Duck and Johnny realize who each other are. And Doc says, Should I hate him? <laughs> I don't know. He reminds me of me. I think I'll hate him.
0: Oh now I really hate him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. And and they have the uh, the interchange with the twirling of the guns. Yeah. And and so Johnny shows off with that. And everybody's looking to Doc like, oh, What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And he just spins the cup. I
2: love it. You know, and and I think that, that you know, when when Doc looks at him and says, You know, he reminds me of me, you know, that you see the two sides, you know, they both speak Latin. They're, they're yeah. both, you know, everybody both around educated. them is just kind of looking at them as they're, we don't want to trouble in here in any language. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was great. You know, so that shows you as far as education, Yeah. but I think, and, and to me, this foreshadows later on, the difference between them is how they approach, you know, Johnny mm-hmm. Ringo, Takes the gun and goes through the whole gunslinger thing. Doc is still that disarming. Let me grab my cup that I was just drinking yeah, let my me liquor charming, out of yeah. here. And let me yeah. twirl it around to get everybody laughing. And yeah. to me, that's the difference in the two characters. So, and I yeah. think that comes into play later. And uh,
0: I think I think too, it's it's interesting in that scene. Doc's drunk, mm-hmm. but he's calm, mm-hmm. and he's still sort of manipulating the situation. Johnny Ringo's sober in that scene. Later in the movie, we see Johnny Ringo drunk mm-hmm. and he's out of his mind. Out of yep. control. Raging. I mean, it's, yes. I mean, it's another dichotomy of those two guys.
2: Exactly. Well, you talked about even with uh, the production of Faust, you know, so, and, and another dichotomy. I mean, you're in a saloon in <laughs> Tombstone, Arizona. You've got booth seating like you would at the at, at the opera mm-hmm. and then you've got all the cowboys sitting down in seats firing pistols into you know the ceiling so it or the, at the actors or the actors <laughs> he just throws things he catches things he <laughs> throws
1: stuff, yeah. so and shooting uh, at us
0: <laughs> and then we and then we meet uh, Billy Zane again
1: who, he is, who, who really is a killer actor yeah he's he's great
0: now i don't think he i don't think he had the career he should have had
1: no, no, he hasn't. He He's a really I good actor. He's never
0: found his... Yeah, I
1: don't know if his choices he's made with his roles, he just hasn't, fl- you know... The blossomed. Phantom didn't do it for you? Yeah, I was going to say the Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Classic character. Yeah, but yeah, he, he really should have been more.
0: Yeah. Well, that that was a great little scene, too. When they're shooting at him, and he just stands there mm-hmm. calmly and, and then wins the crowd over yes, by being brave by and delivering re- the lines. Yeah, that was... Yeah. Yeah, another little moment there.
1: Yeah, there's so many of those throughout here, and I mean, and you, and you can just drop in anywhere in the movie and find something great. You know, uh, the uh, interaction with uh, Wyatt Earp and um, Dana Delaney's character—I forget her name—Josephine. Name. Josephine. 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 Yes, Josephine. You know, the interaction when when they're on the horses. You know that, and uh, that happened earlier in the movie. As I was watching it the, yeah. the second time, than than I would have thought uh, during my first watch. Just because there's so much uh, in every scene. Well, and that's this is
0: this is such great storytelling in this movie. I mean, there's no scene that's wasted. There's no mm-hmm. wasted seconds. Every scene is accomplishing two or three things all at once. All the time. I mean, it feels like a movie that could have been. Th- I mean, all the things we're describing happening it feels like it could have been a three-hour movie easily, but it's not. Just because everything is so tightly accomplished. I mean, it's it's
2: masterful. And with each of the characters, even like Sheriff Behan or Marshall, you know, White, you know, it's you get all of these little things exposition-wise, but we identify with those characters immediately. And oh, we don't need Sheriff to county. go into – we know we automatically – Is this a town matter or a county matter? <laughs> I thought that was interesting. That that was something that was very yeah, he interesting. He always in. had a way not to get involved. Exactly. You know, yeah, he always had the way not. to I mean, to he was involved. that huckster from the beginning. I yeah. mean, oh, we've got this, and oh, I'm the Notary Republic, and I'm the <laughs> I'm the tax collector. You know, <laughs> lot man. Yeah, we've got some lots for you. He's, he his fingers <laughs> in everything. Oh, we got three cottages just opened <laughs> up. I'll throw in some extra cleaning for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was such an interesting, you know, once again, an interesting character that was yeah. thrown in here. Mm-hmm. Who had one
0: of? I mean, we're talking about him being dismissive toward Billy Bob when after the OK Corral, when he comes out to arrest them, and and Kurt Russell's like, "I think we're gonna let you arrest I'm us not today." Yeah.
2: Husband, yeah. <laughs> you know, even at the beginning, though, you know, when when the Earps first meet, you know, kind of meet up with Doc, you know, Doc shakes everybody's hand. Behan walks up and he won't, he shake, won't shake his, his hand. hand. Mm-hmm. He yeah. has no respect. Hard for Hard me if I don't shake. Yeah, he has no respect for this man. Yeah.
0: So. And it's obvious he and Roger don't like each other, but they still respect each other. Exactly. Yeah. In a way that he's just completely dismissive of this guy.
1: Yeah, entirely. But Yeah, this movie has really, uh, you know, got – it just has so much going on all the time, like you said. So is there anything else we want to tackle in this first section here? And, and, and this is kind of bringing us up to that first encounter. Uh, just as a side note, and I don't
2: know if anybody had an interest in this, you know, I kind of looked up what was Pharaoh, what was this card game Oh
1: yeah. that
2: that the was so game. interesting, um, and it's actually a play on the Egyptian Pharaoh. Remember, he <laughs> said King wins mm-hmm. when King curly five hundred dollars, right? So it's it's based upon that. The earliest kind of uh, reference to the game is actually in France uh, during the reign of Louis XIV. Uh, and it was the most popular form of ga- gambling in the U.S. Hmm. Uh, in, 18, in 1882. Study. Uh, this was the most prominent and most most because you know, it pay off big bucks real quick. You could lose the farm. Or you could, you know, hit the big bucks in this game, and that's why everyone loved it. Wow. And you could, and you saw large stacks of cash moved. You know, well, think, and when it was over, they had the deeds. Even they had yeah. money, they had deeds. So literally, people lost their lost land the bar, in this yeah. game.
1: Wow! Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. All right, so let's check move on to part two. Into part two here. As tensions rise, Wyatt is pressured to help the town of the Cowboys. Though he is no longer a lawman, Curly Bill begins shooting at the sky after a visit to an opium den. And is... Hold on one second. I'm going to have to adjust my reading here. My eyes are a little more tired than normal. All the
0: time catches us all, Dwayne.
1: I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) Curly Bill begins shooting the sky after a visit to an opium den, and is told by Marshal Fred White to relinquish his firearms. Curly Bill instead shoots the marshal dead and is forcibly taken into custody by Wyatt. The arrest infuriates the Clanton and other and infuriates Ike Clanton and the other cowboys. Curly Bill stands trial, but is found not guilty due to a lack of witnesses. Virgil, unable to tolerate lawlessness, becomes a new marshal and imposes a weapons ban within city limits. This leads to a gunfight at the O.K. Corral in which Billy Clanton, Tom McLowery, and Frank McLowery are killed. Virgil and Morgan are wounded. and the allegiance of the county sheriff, Johnny Behan with Cowboys is made clear. As retribution for the cowboy deaths, Wyatt's brothers are ambushed. Morgan is killed while Virgil is left handicapped. A despondent Wyatt, and his family leave Tombstone. Or, yeah, a despondent Wyatt and his family leave Tombstone, and board a train with Ike Clanton and Frank Sitwell close behind, preparing to ambush them. Wyatt sees that his family leaves safely, then surprises the assassins. He kills Stitwill, but lets Ike Clanton live to send a message. Wyatt announces that he is a U.S. Marshal and that he intends to kill any man he sees wearing a red sash. Wyatt, Doc, and a reformed cowboy named Sherman McMasters, Texas Jack Vermilion, and Turkey Creek Jack Johnson form a posse to seek revenge.
0: I wanted Ike Clayton to buy it so bad. Oh, my <laughs> gosh.
1: You know, that was probably my biggest fault with this movie is that Ike never got it. As nasty as he was, as horrible as he was, as mouthy, he let his sash fly at the end and they let him go. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I mean, well, what, what's interesting <laughs> about
0: the actual history of this stuff, most of the stuff with the cowboys is actually accurate in yep. this movie. I mean, who who's in which role, where they were at, yeah. right? The trials, you know, who dies and who lives—that's all pretty accurate, actually. But the Earp stuff and the Doc Holliday stuff is wildly inaccurate.
1: Right? Yeah. Yes. Now I, I gather that because I just looked a few moments ago uh, for Curly Bill with you know the red shirt, and there was a lot of historical photos.
0: Yeah. yeah. But uh, Wyatt Earp actually lived like a long time after this. Became an actor and like worked in film and stuff. Wrote a lot of books, and. It wasn't embarrassed to uh, inflate his actions in oh, the um, old ways. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sure not. <laughs>
0: and actually, it seems like from what we can tell, what we can glean from actual history, is Virgil was the actual hero of *Tombstone*, yeah. and that it wasn't white.
1: Well, as you see the roles that that they take on as as this section of the movie goes, you know, Virgil first becomes the lawman. He yeah. first starts trying to establish order, and you know this a little section of the synopsis starts with probably one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, you know, when, uh, when, uh, powers booth, Curly Bill is leaving the opium den and he's hallucinating. He's howling at the moon. He's shooting at random people walking down the street. He's shooting the lights out and the, the marshal comes out to confront him. You know, he acts like he's going to give his guns away and, and and flips up and, and shoots him in the, in the heart. And, um, then the confrontation that follows. Yeah. You know. Um, That's a great scene. Yeah, where uh, wider up comes out and puts the gun to Ike's head. And Jamie, what happens?
0: It's like, yeah, uh, he's, uh, Ike threatens him. The rest of boys are going to rush you and get you. Yeah. And he's like, like they may get me. But before they do, I'm going to make a canoe out of your head.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. And, you know, uh, the uh, confrontation between uh, Thomas Aiden Church and holiday you know you're so drunk you can't even see you probably seeing double <laughs> have a gun for each of you <laughs> and you know and ike realizes you see yeah. the fear in his eyes he realizes he's not bluffing he's going to blow my head off if you guys take another step
0: yeah yeah because because yeah. uh, uh thomas hayden church whose name i get billy he's billy mm-hmm. right i believe so. he's like no he's he's bluffing, he's Let's bluffing rush
1: he said, No, he ain't bluffing. No. He ain't bluffing. He says, You ain't as dumb as you look Ike. you know. Yeah, and, and, and it's just so many, so many great quotable yeah. things.
2: Let me ask your opinion on this, fellas. Do you think it was an accident? Do you think Curly Bill oh, meant no, him. to shoot yeah. Yeah, the I, Marshall? I, I, oh yeah. I, I, I took did. it as intention. Okay, I, I was wondering, you know, the first time I, I, I rewatched this, you know, I thought, oh, okay, he's just flipped it up and shot him. You know, but his reaction after, the second time I watched his reaction, you know, he kept you know, because he was out of it. You know, some part of me wonders
1: if hmm. some bit of it was a little bit accidental. I don't I don't think it was accidental, but I just think he was so far out of it. He was just amazed at him bleeding out, you know, because you see him come out. And he's looking at his hands and he's, you know, just kind of he seems swaying with the lights and stuff. And you can tell he's kind of hallucinating things or not, uh, you know, as they would appear to a to a straight person. You know, right. Someone who's not been affected in that way. And he's probably just like, oh, he's dying, you know. He, you know, he's probably hallucinating his soul leaving his body. You know. <laughs> right. <whatever>. <laughs> <Exactly>.
0: <laughs> See, I, 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 I just thought wondering. it was a way of being demeaning. Right, yeah. like, like he's he kind of he's kind of out of it, but he's also like you oh, know yeah. so disrespectful to this guy right. because he's law. He's like, oh, Fred, Fred,
2: you know.
1: Right, I did I didn't know. Well, I mean, did I didn't know which way to yeah. take it. I
2: was going to ask your opinion.
1: Yeah, well, you see, early on, even uh, yeah. even with you know the the initial confrontation at the church at the beginning, you know, you see very early on that they have no regard yeah. at all for anything, right. and you know their lives are you know defined by cruelty.
0: And after that, when they get the I thought it was another uh, kind of a telling scene about character when they when – they, after the trial, when he gets off.
1: Yeah, they're Virgil's kind of
0: outraged, and Wyatt just like, man, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, and when uh, Virgil leaves the, uh, the bar and he sees the lady with the scar yeah. on yes. her face, and he realizes these people are really suffering. And that's the moment, I think.
0: Yeah. Remember, I mentioned earlier that like they were sort of skating above it, and everything mm-hmm. was bad around them. That's yeah. the moment that's where the Virgil – can't walk away from it anymore, and well, that's th- when the herbs get pulled in.
2: That's that epiphany moment.
0: Yeah, when he know. sees that lady on the street, that yeah. changes everything. for And, and if
2: you think why it's still reticent, yeah, you know he's still because you know Virgil shows him, and then you know Morgan shows him
1: his badge, and once again that that's that's little brother. Following follow Big Brother, the Jackie Brothers play. Oh yeah. come on, guys! You know he's like, come on, don't do this to me. And he yeah. says, don't do this to me. Right. Yeah. You know, so he knows it's going to affect his relationship with them. He knows it's going to affect their family dynamic.
0: Yeah, and that he's probably going to get sucked into. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And and yeah, he, yeah, uh, he does. Oh, you know, he does very much so. What's
0: actually interesting too about um, the Earps in Tombstone? There were five brothers.
1: Really? Yeah,
0: there were two more. I think even younger than Morgan. Who were there hmm. for the whole thing? Wow,
1: well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And then you have the, uh, you know, after, after that, you have the the shootout. Yeah. At at the the famous OK Corral. Where we, where
0: we you know depart from Western
2: to fantasy?
1: <laughs> well, so so
2: historically, though. So historically, historically, the battle took place October 26, eighteen eighty one. It lasted thirty seconds.
1: <laughs> wow!
0: I think it was like seven or eight shots for actually fired. Something yes. like that. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, instead I think... of
0: the eight shots from Doc's double barrel <laughs> shotgun. <it happened>.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> mentioned this <laughs> earlier. You know, you had the uh, you know you, you had the uh, the guns that just repeatedly never ran out of bullets. Yeah, the magic yeah. guns at the OK Corral. Yeah, never ran out of bullets. So, but
0: that was, I mean, uh, you know laughing aside about the the magic guns or whatever, but that's actually a pretty powerful scene. It, it is very,
1: very powerful and,
0: um, and the way that the people around the scene react, because Josephine's mm-hmm. in there taking her famous, you know, you know, lewd picture, and Behan's in there, and then how Behan reacts, he hides during the whole uh, thing, yeah. then it's over, he
2: runs out. And oh, he
1: comes out, on am going you guys. Yeah, there's so much going on
2: there. And, and remember, Behan, right before this, told, told the Earps, I've disarmed yeah. them. I mean, obviously he And they're
1: didn't. like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah they've got, got him But go right?
0: he doesn't go with him, right? He doesn't go with him. He runs in there with Josephine Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah they've he doesn't got him even mark. want no part of
1: it. And, you know, it's very telling, too. Uh, I like that they've done this. You know, when the guns come out, a couple of the cowboys, they just skid out. Yeah. Town. You know, they just right. shit, you know. And you really see that the terror on their faces. And, you know, Wyatt talks about, you know, how his thing in Dodge City was just got yeah. out of control. One man died. I took his life. You know, and how that affected him. You see how this is going to affect everyone.
0: I, I've got a weird off the wall question for you. I, I, it just, it struck me as something. I, I didn't know what it was, but as they're walking toward the OK corral, they give Doc the shotgun, and then Doc gives Virgil the cane, and then during the shootout, Virgil gets shot in the leg, and then he has the cane, and then he's using the cane to yes. walk. I'm like. There's something going on there. What was that supposed to mean? Was that supposed to foreshadow something? I don't know. Mm. I was just like, that's interesting. I didn't think yeah. about that. I, I
1: didn't think Yeah, I, I was, like, I was like, there's
0: something to that, but I can't
2: figure it out. So I am just wondering if you all yeah. f- figured I, it I out. Yeah,
1: I hadn't thought about that. You know, that's, that's
2: talk, talking about the pistols, though, you know, once again, there's a huge debate on what did Wyatt use at the O.K. Corral. Mm-hmm. You know, we see him go into the cottage, we see him open the case, and we see Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. You know, the famous... You know, pistol that that's why Earp is known for, right? Yeah. Now, Peacemaker, you know, there's a, that it is what's called a Colt Buntline Special. Okay, now I do not know a whole lot about pistols and such. Okay, I do yeah. not. It
1: doesn't sound like. It. Uh, <laughs> but,
2: so, just with my research, you know, there's a debate: what did he use that Colt or did he use a Smith and Wesson? Okay, mm. now that Colt Buntline, the barrel alone. Of that pistol was anywhere from 10 to 16 inches. Okay. And the reason that this is questioned is in the court transcripts, you know, Wyatt says, I took the pistol, which I had in my hand, under my coat, and put it in my overcoat pocket. Now, if the barrel of your, your pistol is 10 inches long, yeah. then think about the span. You know, that's not that's going to be a real deep coat pocket. <laughs> okay? My fish was this big. <laughs> exactly. And so that's why I, a lot of historians believe that it was a Smith & Wesson. Hmm. And, uh, and the total length of the Smith & Wesson this time was about 12 inches. Right. And, you know, that feasibly could fit into a, a coat pocket a little bit better hmm. than a Colt would.
1: But like I said, I just I just found that really interesting. That is, yeah, that's yeah, that's some trivia there. That's really something to think about. Which yeah, you see the the gun come out before the shootout,
0: and uh, and once again, Ike Clanton lives.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but then Doc, Doc's quotes again. Okay, we we've got one of the best ones, right? Don't oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. so that's when you get the 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 whole kind of look. And, uh, you know, Michael Bean's character, you know, Johnny Ringo's kind of once again, you're seeing them size each other up. And we get the, uh, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. You're Daisy if you do. We get that interchange. Which,
0: actually, did you realize we've been quoting that wrong for, what, 20 some years now? He's not saying Huckleberry there. Oh, it. He's saying Hucklebearer.
2: Ah.
0: That's like, um, I forget where he's supposed to be from, like somewhere in the deep south. Mm-hmm. A huckle was a coffin.
2: Ah, okay. He's, he's
0: offering to I've kill his coffin out. I've always tried to
2: figure that because even in, yeah. you know, when you watch the movie with subtitles, it says Huckleberry.
0: No, but the actual line in the script is, that, that saying, I'm your huckle ah.
2: like, I'm going to kill you and carry so, you out. So like, pa- offering like a pallbearer. Yeah, I'm right? offering okay.
0: to be your pallbearer. Interesting. Yeah, it's even more, it's more threatening than we think.
2: Wow. Nice. Yeah. Well. And everybody quotes that.
0: Yeah, but because, because he says it in that, such that, that deep, you know, thick southern accent, right. that we can't really tell what he's saying. I'm your huckle <laughs> yeah.
1: And then we have the uh, the ambush of of I or uh, I mean Virgil and Morgan.
0: Yeah, because Virgil got really wounded there. Yes. Yeah. And then um and then later on they um as retribution they they kill Morgan, mm-hmm. and Virgil gets hurt even more. Yeah. And so they leave Tombstone, and it looks like Wyatt's on the train too. Correct. And and so they go to jump. They think they're going to kill the Earps and get their revenge. It's all going to be over with. But Wyatt's on the platform. On The platform behind them. And once again. At Clan lives.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. I cannot. I cannot bear this. But you know, one of the things that makes this bearable is we're introduced to one Michael Rooker. Definitely. When well, no, he Sherman was he bastards. was
0: in the opening scene. He was yes. When they were when they were hurting when they were dragging off the the bride. Yeah, he, he was, was there, disgusted.
1: But. Here we really get to know his character yeah. know, a little bit more, and you know, and it's
2: because an ambush is an act of cowardice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a time when you know, you high noon, we step out yeah. face to face and we draw. Yeah.
0: Which he also he also said. I thought it was kind of telling the way he phrased it. The problem here was not them jumping Virgil or
2: Morgan. He attacked the women. The women attacked the wives. We went after the wives,
0: the Earth's wives. Yes. That was too much for him.
2: He was cool with the rest of it. Yeah, but you know what? Do you, did they ambush because they knew they couldn't beat the Erps in a fair fight? I mean, you gotta wonder. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's a lot going on here. Yep, and here you have another one of the great quotes in the movie, and I love how Wyatt changed it. He says, "You tell him the law's coming," and then he changes and says, "You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me."
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, did you catch that as a callback to the opening scene? Um, because remember the priest comes out. The
2: four horsemen.
1: I'll talk about the fourth yeah.
0: horseman and that you know hell follows after him. That was that really yeah, crazy we'll
2: look fall. that Donnie Reagan is as
0: he's telling, as he's telling, the, he's translating the line. And then Wyatt says, "You know I'm coming and hell's coming, he with, coming me. with me." You know it's just that, it's, it's just powerful storytelling, connecting those dots, connecting yeah. those scenes. Great. He's the he's the death coming after the.
2: Yeah.
0: He's the retribution coming for the cowboys. Mm-hmm. It's just powerful stuff.
2: You know, and you're talking about that little bit of foreshadowing. Even that point, Curly Bill says something to the effect, "You know, I worry what's going to happen when Johnny's, <laughs> Johnny's taking, leading this yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, we get all those little things yeah. to tell the story, and I think yeah. that's what makes this movie just, like you said, so packed, so yeah. tight, and just it flows.
0: Speaking of flows, this is a good point for us to flow to a break. We'll be joined in just a few moments. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to the show. We're launching straight into part three, Sammy. All right. So, Wyatt and his posse are ambushed in a riverside forest by the Cowboys. Wyatt walks into the creek, miraculously surviving the enemy fire, and kills Curly Bill along with many of his men. Curly Bill's second in command, Johnny Ringo, becomes the head of the Cowboys. When Doc's health worsens, the group is accommodated by Henry Hooker at his ranch. Ringo sends a messenger, dragging Master's corpse, to tell Wyatt that he wants a showdown to end the hostilities. Wyatt agrees. Wyatt sets off for the showdown, not knowing that Doc has already arrived at the scene. Doc confronts a surprised Ringo and kills him in a duel. Wyatt runs when he hears the gunshot, only to encounter Doc. They then press on to complete their task of eliminating the cowboys, although Clanton escapes their vengeance by renouncing his red sash. Doc is sent to a sanatorium in Colorado where he later dies of his illness. At Doc's urging, White pursues Josephine to
1: begin a new life.
0: The immortal I claim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's, uh, you know, when, uh, this starts is the purge. Yeah. You know, of, of the cowboys. So you see them riding across country. You see them shooting, stomping. going. I love when they're in the, um, they During the the opium den, I guess, and the guy just takes a shot from the barrel of the gun, yeah. and he just blows oh, his yeah. head off. You know,
2: it's one of the best montages they ever.
1: Yeah, that that is a that's worthy of a Rocky movie. Yeah,
2: yeah, you get that quick progression of events to lead us to the next big moment at the riverside. Yeah,
1: yeah, and again, I don't think they had to reload any at all. <laughs>
0: But actually, that's a, that's a real historical event. That thing in the creek where he just runs out there like a kamikaze—that actually happened. That yeah. was covered in like news reports of the day.
1: And, and they're firing all around him. Yeah. And uh, you know, I like uh, you know later they say you know where's where's White? He's he's down there walking on water. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and and everyone's just blown away by his bravado. Yeah. Of, of running out there. Yeah. And and in this scene, he does—he kills Curly Bill. So Powers Booth is now, you know, out of command of the Cowboys.
0: He's not in power anymore.
1: Johnny Ringo steps up, Michael Bean, and this guy's insane. Yeah. And you see here just like how off the deep end, how cruel he goes.
0: Well, he sets up that um well Doc is slowly getting sicker. Yeah, We've well, seen yeah. him kinda spitting up blood more and he falls off his horse. And it looks like he's dying.
1: Yeah, and they gotta go see Moses.
0: And that well, they take him to the plane of the apes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm so a man they, they go to uh, they go to charlton heston's uh farm
0: yes yeah. and then and that's when they bring up uh i love it michael rooker in that crazy wig <laughs> I, I assume that was a wig those curls man those were unreal yeah he was something else and um and then so they set up the duel which White does not really believe he's not gonna win. He doesn't
1: Well well he talks to Doc. He says, I can't yeah. beat him. He says, I can't beat him and Doc says, No, you can't yeah. because you know, up front he's with him. so he's so evil. You know, he's so there's something he just is, is angry for being born. You know, he's looking for revenge for yeah. being born. He's,
2: you know, and, and that was so great. You know, you know, White asked, you know, what makes a man like Johnny what? Ringo tick? You know, and he says it's his big hole, you know, and no matter what he steals, no matter who he kills it's I mean, he can't feel it. He wants revenge for being born. Yeah. I mean that
1: that just gives you a, just just a, a a glimpse at the psyche of this this character. Yeah. Yeah. You see Doc Doc's uh, you know intelligence of reading people and knowing how to deal.
0: And there's just a depth to this movie that a lot of it could have just been just like a shoot 'em up you know western. Oh totally. There's, yeah. But there's a real depth to it, a, a thoughtfulness to it. Mm-hmm. That made Agreed. it. I mean, that's why this is an A plus movie all the way around. I mean, it's, it's 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 extra. There's more that here than it needed.
1: So as Wyatt goes out to face his doom, you know, we find out that that Doc sneaks out. Yeah. And and goes and confronts. Wasn't as sick
0: as he led on.
1: Which is which is really a beautiful beautiful scene. And 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 Ringo tries to get out of it. He says in between me and you. Well, we started a game we never finished.
0: I was just fooling. I wasn't. Yeah. Yep. God.
1: And again, you know, you have the, I'm your Huckleberry Huckle, Huckleberry" yeah. Yeah, line there. And, uh, you know, he says, I'll kill you. He's a daisy if you do. <laughs> and then we find out that Johnny was not a daisy.
2: Yeah, you're no nope. daisy.
1: You're no daisy. He's just a little high strung.
2: And, yeah, it, I mean, and that was just <laughs> great. It. I Love mean, it. Doc going, poor soul. <laughs> he was just too high strung. Yeah. And, and to me, once again, that goes back to that first confrontation scene, the difference in the two characters. Mm-hmm. And the idea of Doc being more laid back and just, you know,
1: being able to just be himself. Well, he even tells him, he says, you say when. You say when. Yeah. You decide. Yep. You say when. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to me,
0: just for me, that's the most interesting part of this movie is that dynamic between Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday.
1: Agreed. Oh, mean, they that's... were. Yeah, they were feeding off each other so much energy. Yeah. Yeah, any time they're, they're remotely in, in vicinity of each other on screen, it's electric.
0: Yeah. But then we speed up after that again, and we sort of wrap things up pretty quickly after that. Yeah, that yeah, right. I mean, everything another,
1: is kind
2: of just unwinding everything after yeah, that.
1: You, yeah, do you get another montage right I after think that I think? there is. I believe there yeah, is a – short one?
2: Yeah, there's another short montage. And then we end up at the same So Sanitary. it's kind of like
1: Rocky 4 You've got the two. I guess. That's it. Do have a montage inside a montage? <laughs>
0: But, uh, so we end up at the um, – is it a sanatorium or sanitarium?
1: sanitarium? I'm not sure of the exact. Sanitarium. I don't yeah. think they made a distinction yeah. during this era. But, but
0: Doc's uh, dying. Yeah. And, you know, White's lost everything. Um, we don't know this at the time. We find out later when Robert Mitchum starts talking to us again that Maddie has passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, she's over- overdosed. Indeed, yeah. And, um, and so all he's got left in the world Is Doc. Is Doc and
1: well and we find out too that that why it's one of the few things that doc has yeah in the world correct. after after uh, you know he loses kate yeah i um, mean you know, he says you know uh, he's talking to um turkey, I mean, turkey yeah. he says you know why why are you out here doc and he says you know why it's my friend he says i got a lot of friends doc says i don't yeah
2: exactly and that—that's telling about their relationship, the respect they have from each other. Yeah, you know,
0: and, and, and as different as they are, they're kindred spirits in and a way. And what yes.
1: being a friend truly means to Doc, you know, what yeah. that relationship means. You know, and even you see that even with with Kate, his uh, his his lover there, she's, you know, she's kind of taking care of him, she's kind of nursing, but she's also really, you know, helping him destroy himself. You know, yeah, correct. And, and she's really, she she says, "I'm a good woman." He says, "You're a good woman." Oh, you may be the antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think he says
0: at one point that he's her her meal ticket, Yeah. and I think that's exactly the exactly dynamic that of that relationship.
2: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: But uh, so we end in that. Really, we end there. That I mean, he he goes off later at the very last scene. He goes off to find uh, Josephine. Josephine. Yeah. But for uh, for me, that that last scene, that last with conversation him and Doc with is what Doc, what the movie truly is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and Doc's like, he's just I love that scene. It's like if you ever cared about me leave and never come back yeah yeah I just I mean, it's just a powerful scene
1: yeah don't don't linger here and, and, and suffer and die with yeah me. yeah
0: go, go go chase your little filly. I forget what the exact word he <laughs> is theres but yeah
1: yeah I forget what he yeah. what he was there too but the, there was another very strong quote there you know he says all I ever wanted was a normal life you know and you see some adoxy inside there you know so there's no such thing as a normal life there's only life wide now get on with it
2: yeah you know, and I think it's a dignity issue also. You know, I think that Doc wants to die without, you know, Wyatt there. He wants Wyatt to remember him as he was. Yeah. Not on his deathbed. So I think it's a dignity issue also. He And, and I think Wyatt respects that. And so, you know, he leaves, obviously, and then we see... Uh, what, his doc looks at his feet and, and goes... I'm scared to mention that. <laughs> right, so go ahead. <laughs> well, he, he looks at his
0: feet, and he, he's, I mean, in a very colloquial way, he says, you know, I'll be damned. Yeah. I had a question there. What do you think he means? Because I've got a hunch. Because you remember, earlier in the movie, they're having a conversation with Morgan about with what you see lights. when you die. Morgan says he didn't see anything. Right. I wonder if, if they're saying that Doc dog did see, see something. Oh, I
1: maybe. wonder if that could was
0: another be. sort of maybe callback
1: that could be Interesting. Yeah. I'll be damned yeah that he could did see be it. that yeah. yeah that's that's a really neat that's a really neat way to look at that there. But you know this guy's you know I know we've given this movie A pluses around the board we've we've given this movie so much uh, love and adoration and there's so much you know that that happens in this last you know sections of the movie. I think it's time to give some awards. So let's go ahead and truly start hanging some hanging some trophies on the fireplace.
0: Right. So for our first award, and I think there's a right answer here, best <laughs> performance.
1: Well, I think I know your right answer.
0: It's Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer steals Val every, scene he's, every exactly. scene he's in. Exactly. He and it probably the entire movie. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's the peak performance of his entire career.
1: It, it if it isn't the peak it's up there it, yeah. it really probably is one of his most defining roles
2: agreed yeah yeah definitely so. best performance I mean every scene he's in something memorable happens he, uh, there's a piece of dialogue yeah. that mm-hmm. that is
1: poignant
2: so I mean yeah hands down
1: yeah he yeah he really chewed chewed this movie up so that being said what's the best scene I I th-
0: I don't know if I'm going to give the right answer here. I'm going to tell you my favorite scene, maybe.
1: Well, now that now that's another thing. There's so many great
0: scenes yeah, that I true. don't
1: know that there is truly a.
0: Well, I suspect the best scene is the is the gunfight in the clearing, between Ringo and Doc. I think that's probably the best. But my favorite scene is earlier between Ringo and Doc, at the ta- at the table where they start quoting Latin at each yeah, other, and then Ringo does all the pistol tricks, right? And then Doc does the, the same tricks with the cup. Hmm. I just love that how tense that scene is, how well-acted it is, and how it leads to so much more throughout the movie. Well, I love well, that scene.
1: both of those are really great scenes, and I truly love the interaction between Ringo and Doc. But I don't know that that is the best scene. So, Sam, you want to take a crack at it? Um,
2: well, for me, okay, once again, this is just me. <laughs> All right? I, I'm a payoff guy. So even though I know that this technically is a story of the herbs, it's Doc Holiday and Johnny Ringo all the way for me. Okay. I like the the scene in the clearing. Yeah. That that final okay, who's faster?
1: You know, that is a great resolution. scene. That's a great resolution. scene. I guess I'm outvoted here, but I'm gonna <laughs> say my I'm gonna i I'm gonna stick the best scene in this movie as the uh the confrontation after the, you know, Marshall Fred White is shot. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. And, and you you have the standoff yeah. in the in the street. And Wyatt's trying to keep order. You've got, you know, the miners in the town saying, get a rope. Yeah. He killed a man. String him up. And Wyatt says, no, he'll go to trial for it.
0: That's a powerful thing. When scene. he
1: really probably should have let him go ahead and yeah. hang him, you know, because...
0: There the, wasn't going to be justice th- in th-
1: th- th- There was no justice. Right. But, you know, and then you see so much established... With what is so important later in the movie, with with his interaction with Ike. Yeah. you see them all kind of mark each other. You know, you see, you know, uh, Doc with the two guns. You know, I I got one for each of you. I, you know, whatever happens, and yeah, that is probably going to be my vote for the best scene. Mm-hmm. All right, so next is best quote. Okay, just take the script. <laughs> yeah, just just flat out. <laughs> and, and throw a dart. Just just start throwing darts, and you've got the best quote. So, Sam, why don't you go first, Um brother?
2: You know, I'm going to kind of go back, Dwayne, to what you had said. You know, my favorite quote, even though there's just so many in here. You know, I, I love Doc's quote at the end about, you know, there is no normal life. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, we all do that. You know, we, we try to find normal, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes, you know, what is it uh John Lennon said, life's what happens when you're busy making other plans. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's kind of what it is. You know, there is no normal life. There's just life. Yeah. So you just got to live it as it comes. You yeah. know, so hands down, that's my favorite.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great quote. That's probably my favorite quote in the movie, although, I mean, I love, I absolutely love, you know, you're a Daisy if you do. I love the, you know, I'm I, well, I'm your Huckleberry, <laughs> you know. I love uh, all of those uh, throughout. But yeah, that's that's my favorite. His is at the end. So Jamie, well,
0: I'm gonna mix it up, and it's not even a Doc Holiday line. Oh wow! It's in the the scene we mentioned earlier during the performance <laughs> of Doctor Faustus
1: mm-hmm.
0: when uh, oh, Curly yeah. Beale and Johnny Ringo are sitting together.
1: That's a powerful. Yeah, answer.
0: and Curly Beale is like, you know, I would double cross him. What would you do, Johnny? Ringo, Johnny already did it. Yeah. That little line, those four words say so much about that guy. And, and he just, he just so is so
1: cold. So yeah. dead. Yeah.
0: Because we never find out anything about Ringo. Right. We man. just keep dropping hints. There's so much more to that guy that we never find out. Yeah. We need it's a great. Ringo
1: movie. Yep. We need <laughs> yeah. a Johnny Ringo. We need a Johnny Ringo movie. Yeah. So, I mean, I, no, I mentioned earlier. You know, my, my mustache game is surely <laughs> <shortly> lacking <laughs> after this movie. I feel like so much less of a man. After watching this, I mean, I'm I'm going to have to get me a brush and some wax. You really, really do some work here. So, wh- who has the best mustache in the movie? Now, the stipulation. <laughs> the rule is, it, it can't be Sam Elliott. Because, I mean, he just has the best mustache all the time. I mean, no one could beat that stash. That's That's just how he looks day to day. Yeah. So...
0: Well, it's like basketball. Michael Jordan is the best, and you figure out who's the second who's best. The second best. So we're trying to figure out who's the second best mustache. <laughs> Sam Elliott automatically. We have to exclude him, so it's not fair to everybody else. He's had that thing for how many decades now? <laughs> exactly. Everybody else had to grow one for this movie.
1: I think he may have been born with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I, some of those look glued on. I mean, there's a few that... I mean, Kurt Russell's moves around a little bit.
1: I th- yeah, I think Kurt Russell's. I think they had the just trimmed, just right where he wants it. Maybe needing a trim, <laughs> and they never filmed them in order. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, his his moves a lot. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I mean, it looks real and it looks. Perfect for the characters. I'm going to go with Doc's Val Kilmer's mustache for this movie. Uh, yeah. it's the it's perfect for his face and for the character.
1: It, it, yeah, you really can tell a lot about him from from his dress, his demeanor, and you know his the way he, he that Southern it, gentleman mustache. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, it's trimmed. You even see his mustache being trimmed at one yeah. point. He's in the barber's chair.
1: Yeah, so yeah, proceeds. Yeah, yeah. confrontation <laughs> with Johnny Ringo. Yeah, proceeds.
2: You know, I, I think I'm going to go a different way. Okay. You know? Curly Beale had a fantastic handlebar mustache and I don't know if it's real or not, but I liked it. You know, I I would go with that, but I would probably be single. (laughs) I'd probably single very quickly if I went with that. So, you know. That was a quality stash, though. Yes, yes.
1: Where do you go? I'm going to go just for the interest of full submersion and devotion into the character here. I'm going to go with Ike. (laughs) I mean, that man's facial hair entirely was out of control.
0: (laughs) It kind of looked like it was eating his face.
1: And he really, you know, Stephen Lang really absorbed into that character. He really uh, lost himself in that. So, yeah, he... Yeah, just the amount of craziness he allowed his, his – even the hair on his head and his facial hair yeah. to get t- t- right there. He was out there, guys. All right, so th- those are the last of our awards.
0: Under the Keanu connection now?
1: Ooh,
2: very interested to yeah, see where I'm this goes. I'm very
1: comes. concerned about this. Now, I, I will tell you during the scene where uh, – I think it's after they kill Johnny Ringo – they're they're going through one of the, the smaller montages and you see a young man, with the kind of the mop hair, black dark mop <laughs> hair, in a tan and he had a very Keanu face. I was wondering if that was an early visit by Keanu into filmmaking.
0: Uh, this was made in '93, so Keanu's oh, pretty he established was already, by already Okay, that yeah, was okay, Well,
1: yeah. okay, so that was not him. But now there was a kid in there that looked a lot like him during that section.
0: I'm really proud of this Keanu connection. Well, let's hear it. This is a good
1: one. All
0: right. Billy Zane has had a really interesting career. He has started an enjoyable flop called The Phantom, which may have simply been made too soon, you know, before the comic book adaptation boom started.
1: I really think so. Yeah. True.
0: I first saw him in the early 90s in movies like Demon Knight and Sniper, Mm -hmm. where it appeared that some people thought at the time that he was a star in the making. However, it would seem that as here in Tombstone, as Mr. Fabian, he found his niche. Lost my place here. Okay, Mr. Zane seems to be at his best in small but memorable roles. Yes. I uh, think of him in Titanic. Uh, his cameo as himself in Zoolander. But in only his second acting credit ever, he was in a TV movie in 1986 called The Brotherhood of Justice, where he, Kiefer Sutherland, and other teens grow tired of school violence and form a group of violent vigilantes to fight said
1: violence. Oh, my, God. <laughs> oh my. Only only in the mid-80s.
0: Yeah, it was the 80s. Is this also an after-school starring, special? Also starring in this TV flick was our beloved Keanu.
1: Nice. Oh. The Brotherhood of Justice. Brotherhood of Justice. Let's fight violence with violence. <laughs> yes, makes plenty of sense. That's great.
0: Yeah, I think the plot was as entertaining to me as the cast list.
1: Yeah, Keith Perseval Keanu and Billy Zane in this that TV is, movie. That's very eclectic, yeah. right there. That can be very eclectic. Well, that's a great Keanu connection, Jamie, and I'm I'm proud of you too. That was that was a reach. (laughs) That that was good. Yeah, that was that 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 took some
2: looking. I have a
0: feeling. Yeah, I I didn't want to go with anything obvious. I went way down to like no Billy Zane. I was looking (laughs) at Stephen Lang and trying to find you know ways to interesting ways to Keanu.
1: Okay, well now that we have Keanu out of the way lovingly, um, let's jump on our keeping it one hundred. Um, I've got my timer set, so who wants to go first? I can go fast. Okay. Go for it, sir. We'll wear it out. Okay. Ready, sit. Okay,
0: starring two of our Tombstone actors, maybe more for all I know, um, Powers Booth and Bill Paxton were in a movie called Frailty, also starring Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey, well before the McConaissance, but uh, it's actually directed by Bill Paxton as well. Um, it's this strange movie. I don't know how to describe it, but there's murders that go on. There's vengeance that's ha- that
1: happens. Kind of religious undertones, correct? There's
0: religious undertones. Yeah. It's kind of twisty. You don't know what's going on. Um, who's the? There's an unreliable narrator thing going on, or is it unreliable? It's a real twisty movie. It's incredibly entertaining, and it's it's a travesty that's been forgotten. Frailty.
1: Frailty. This is actually on my um, list on Netflix of things to get to,
0: have you ever seen it before?
1: Never seen it before.
0: It's so it's, good. It's, it's
1: it's on there of things to get to. Check it out.
0: It's have you seen it? No, I've not. Oh man, it's such a good movie. Cool. It's absolutely forgotten, but it's a it's a hidden gem. Sweet. Frailty,
1: and frailty. Okay, well, very great. Nice, you, very nice. you did that in forty seconds, so you you did burn to there pretty quickly. So, Sam, if you want, I will go ahead, and I've got my timer ready for you. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Sit and go. All
2: right, this time I'm bringing a movie to the table. Okay, and this is actually a 2018 production of King Lear, hmm. classic Shakespearean drama, and it was put together by a combination of Amazon and BBC Two. Okay. Now it is that reimagining, as as we've seen, it's modern day London, but once again, just like we talked about *Tombstone*, it's about caste. Okay. Sir Anthony Hopkins is Lear. Emma Thompson is Goneril. Uh, Emily Watson is Reagan. Andrew Scott of Sherlock fame is Edgar. Jim Broadbent from Hot Fuzz and every other thing is is the Earl of Gloucester. Uh, And then, of course, for me, Christopher Eccleston, the ninth doctor, is also in this as Oswald. So it's a great movie. It's a great adaptation. And it's on Amazon Prime. So there you go. Nice. And it wasn't Star Trek.
1: And it wasn't like was Star, Star Trek. 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 <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you that it wasn't Star it Trek. Worked. And, and being being the educator in the room, you know, we're going to bring out some Shakespeare. It
0: was bit. a little Tony for this oh. show.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mentioned Jim Broadbent. I mean, you guys talked about hot fuzz. You didn't even did oh, wrap it around. I, you know, I appreciate it. I did, Bob. I tried to find... Kind of you a know, nod
0: toward nerd in there. You know,
2: every one of these you could tie back to something that either you've talked about or could talk about at some point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins and Thor.
2: Yes, yeah. Odin himself.
1: Right. Well, I think at this point it's where he's taking
0: any paycheck. So. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Crystal Eccleston.
2: <laughs>
1: Malekith.
0: Well, let's Malik. say it about Thor too the <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, guys. I'm going to go ahead and knock my Keeping It 100 out. And uh, I'm linking it to Tombstone as well. Are we going? Okay, we're going. It won't take me very long either. This is a 1998 movie, The Replacement Killers. This was Chow Yun-fat at the height of his uh, growing stardom. Uh, He plays an assassin sent to kill Mira Sorvino. When he decides not to, two replacement killers, in quotes, are sent to... Off them, and one of those is our friend, Mr. Michael Rooker, Yondu himself. And this right here was really—I was looking back at his IMDb. He has been in everything prolifically. This was my introduction to him, and I just fell in love with him in this movie. And it's—it's a, it's a fun romp. It's not the greatest of movies, um, but it's a fun action movie to watch. The Replacement Killers, 1998.
0: It's fun. I've seen it. You're right. It's nice. not not a great movie. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> but it's though. a lot of fun to <laughs> yeah. watch.
1: Yeah. It's it's one of those guilty pleasures. Yeah. yeah that you're like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. But,
0: okay. And, and normally we announce our next quest at this point. Um, we're not precisely sure where this one's going to get dropped in at this point, point. and so. There'll be another quest.
1: Yeah, we yeah, we've got a couple <laughs> things going on, but but just rest assured, guys, we will be uh, back with you. We hope you're enjoying uh, our, our weekly uh, hits to you. I know we've got a couple of two parters happening with the with our Star Wars episodes. So a lot of those are getting pretty in depth conversation. We'll try to tighten that up. Um, so yeah, we we'll, <laughs> we'll our, do our best. Yeah, some of our next movies, you know, we're starting to get into the faster, more intense uh, <laughs> range of. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, You know, the, the nerd news, hopefully we'll have uh, have another episode of that before this drops down. And uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying that as well. As always, uh, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us there. Also on Instagram, on Facebook, we are nerds of the round table is nerds with a K on Instagram. um, I think you should be able to find us just by typing nerds of the round table podcast. I think that's going to be the best way to. And find And it's just
0: nerds of the roundtable at gmail dot com for the email.
1: Nerds of the roundtable at gmail dot com for the email. So drop us a line, let us know what you're thinking about this movie, and or about this uh, podcast. Uh, any uh, thing you would like to uh, throw at us to review, we would very much like to hear from you guys. And Sammy, thank you for uh, for accepting um, your invitation to. The round table here Jamie Hey Dwayne Yo I'll be your Uncle Barry Yeah baby